Hello, welcome to seniors and the people who love them. I'm Cookie. I'm Binky. And I'm Wendy. And this is our second episode. And today we are exploring the topic, aging in place. Disclaimer, first we would like to give this small disclaimer. We are not physicians or lawyers. If you have a medical issue or a legal issue, please seek a practitioner or a lawyer to give you the professional advice that you need. So welcome. Welcome, it's nice to see you all again and I'm very excited to be bringing an important topic for this afternoon's session aging in place and pinky why do you think aging in place is an important topic when we think about getting older most people want to stay independent continue striving they're able to take care of themselves continuously live in the place that they call home between the three of us we have decades of experience in healthcare facility the common thread that I hear so often, I want to go home. It clings to say there is no place like home, but for so many, it is true. I think in my experience, even as a patient, and I have not been a patient very often, that is the thing that I hear over and over again. When people are in the hospital or a long-term care facility, they want to go home. And I agree, more often than not, as a social services um, director or being in the social services arena, when I come to meet with a patient or a resident or family member, before I can even begin to get some important, maybe just basic information, one of the first statements made to me is, when can I go home? I don't wanna stay here. Everything that you all are providing, I can get at home. And for some of the residents or some of the patients, I know this is not going to be a reality. And when I think about myself, as I continue to get older, what will my options be? I do the best that I can in my arena, and I'm sure that you all do very well in your arena in terms of nursing. But the fact of the matter is, is that most people want to live the rest of their lives home in a safe place and in a familiar surrounding. I agree. So one of the topics that we'll talk about is what are the barriers to aging in place? Um, Our loved ones may be doing just fine at home and then generally something happens. And sometimes it takes, it's a slow decline that might not even be noticeable to people that aren't living with that person. And sometimes it's something sudden that happens. It can be a physical decline. Um, Last year, mom was able to climb the steps and this year she can't. Or it can be a cognitive decline. All of a sudden, mom can't keep track of her medications any longer by herself. So those are barriers to staying at home, either with other people in your home setting or sometimes elderly folks are alone in their home setting. And when we talk about that, how we can keep our loved one at home, and then always something pops up in your mind, the finance. 
How am I going to take care of my loved one at home? How much is going to take care of costs at home? Reality, people need to investigate before they're thinking where they're going to put their mom in assistant living, nursing home, or other setting beside the home. When they look deeply, it is so easily financially take care of for some loved one at home versus in long-term care or assistant living. Because if the mom or loved one does not have a financial means, state does provide some financial means to take care of your loved one. So example, daughter wants to take care of her mom, state have a mean to provide daughter some money to take care of the loved one at home. And some cases, the best choice for loved one to keep it home that they consider their home. And most of time we see that people do better at home than in other settings like long-term care or assistant living or short stay care. And where I might experience come, uh, previously Miss Cookie say the first question they come is when am I going to go home? And that's always the first thing they come on the first day of the stay, when can I go home? So that is very important that we want to keep your loved one at home because that's their choice and that's what they want all the time. And to also piggyback on what you stated, um, Pinky, as well as um, you, Wendy, Oftentimes, um, the anticipation clouds the judgment. And in addition to that, who is going to be available? My experience is that in the beginning, in meeting with the family members, you may see that there is a collective group of family members that are willing to put in the time and put in the effort. But if there is a distinctive decline, then you'll find that it becomes more difficult for family members to arrange the time to be available, particularly when they're working. And you've heard the comment, women in the middle, when you are um, a woman that, or perhaps even a man that um, works and um, you have a senior family member that um, has been placed in a particular facility. Now we have to be concerned about what happens when it's time to go home. Providing services for a period of time is realizable through whatever, through your Medicare or Medicaid benefits. But over a period of time, a lot of services are just what's deemed custodial services. So who's going to make sure that the family member has meals three times a day, is getting the kind of um, on care, having her, his or her on care needs met for bathing and dressing and medications being administered. These are all those particular issues that come up over a period of time. And particularly if you are a daughter or son that lives out of town and you come in town for a period of time to help facilitate your mom's or your dad's needs at the time of a, of a particular discharge, you'll find that that becomes very overwhelming and it can become very difficult. So the idea of aging in place is, it's, it's, in theory, it's great, but the reality of it can be very, very, very um, 
significant. Another barrier is that that I think we see frequently is that you will have an elderly couple that are, you know, they're they're making their way, they're they're doing really well, and then you may have a spouse who dies or becomes incapable of um, doing what they were previously doing, and frequently that spouse may have been the physical caregiver. He may have been the financial um, person who was paying the bills and taking care of some services. There may be the loss of that person's pension um, that is now causing a barrier to aging in place. That's something that I frequently see. You have a couple that's been making their way pretty well and then all of a sudden, boom. This happens and kind of rocks their whole world. And also a lot of things that we used to do it, like driving a car or going to gross shopping a grocery ourselves. When that happened, aging take over us, those things we might not able to do that we used to do. And that is a big barrier because even myself right now, if I want to go somewhere, I can go get up, take a car and go somewhere. But example, if my car is broken, even we are young, we are lost. So think about it when you are aging and you losing all that capacity that independently you do. And that is a big barrier because that's routine stuff you used to do. Keep you socialized, keep you, you know, dependent independent on your daily activity and that's become barrier for you to continue life that you used to. And I think some very good um, information or just our um, personal experience have been shared. But what about this? What happens if we can't age in place? So uh, in addition to some of the um, information and discussion already made. What also can happen once it's been determined that you are able to go home with the idea of going back to your previous environment, what has to happen? Well, you may have to think about some modifications in your home. In other words, you have to reevaluate the physical setup. Maybe before you're able to shower independently but as you age in place you may have to have a shower chair um, in your shower or you may have to have um, a bedside commode for the time that you go home in, in the event that your mobility has been impacted. In addition to that you may need a, a pillbox um, to continue to have your medications or those that are helping you know when your medications have to be um, administered. So physically, um, that goes into the concept of aging in place. I mean, it's not impossible, but, but it's some things that have to be considered. And when you are at home and as you continue to improve, you know, the barriers for Staying at home may diminish. Hopefully you are able to improve, but these are some of the things that 
I continue to help family members with when um, the person is ready for a discharge and is ready to return to their previous environment. Yeah, I think some of the things, you know, that are just the basics are, do you have a bathroom on the first floor of your home? Do you have stairs to get into your home? If you live in a split level or a split foyer, that can be problematic for seniors. So aging in place is really going to depend on where you call home and what its physical setup is. And again, like Cookie said, what modifications could potentially be made. And uh, sometimes when Cookie say modification, sometimes you might not do, do anything. Maybe you need to unclutter your furniture where you have a place to move around which previously you have three sofa in a living room you know well you can change it to one sofa give you other area to move around where you don't have to example walk with walker you are easily able to walk when you have a too much furniture in a house it is a little bit difficult to go from one point to other. And so we also think that modification in your, what you have in a house, sometime unclutter or take it off or put it in a different position may also clear some of the barrier to staying at home. And what I have also learned is that there are contractors that are available now that are willing to come out and assess your home and help you decide on what you think or perhaps they can also offer you some valuable advice on what needs to be done so that way um, you are able to continue to stay at home and enjoy your home and sure there are various costs to some of the modifications, but we will also be able to provide you with some numbers to these particular companies that offer modifications. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the potential negative consequences of aging in place. Um, some of the biggest things I see are falls. When you're at home, you're frequently having less supervision than you would in some type of facility and falls can be catastrophic. They can change the rest of your life. Um, people die from falls. People are very injured from falls. They might require surgery, which on a um, senior person can uh, be really devastating. So that's risk of falls would be my first thing I think of when I think of people home alone. Definitely. And isolation is the one other thing that we consider because we, when you're home and you're not able to go anywhere, you are like kind of isolating from outside communication when you used to do like going senior center and uh, going to friends with coffee or donut or something like that. And now because of this aging process you're not able to do all that and sometimes that does affect your uh, mental aspect of it because you're getting isolated and sometimes that hit the other problem as depression and uh, 
So the isolation is also one thing that make it barrier to aging process. I think the pandemic only made that much worse. I agree. People were afraid to come to your house. Even family members Mm -hmm. were afraid to go visit their aging loved ones. Senior Senior centers were closed. Mobility didn't come to pick you up. So I think that just made everything worse. And as already stated, um, with Pinky and Wendy as well, so you are at home and you are an aged couple. So much responsibility has been placed on one or the other. Even if there are some adult children that would be able to come and assist. But there's the issue now of malnutrition. How are you continuing to consume your food when you went from three meals a day before being admitted to a particular hospital you're down now to maybe one meal a day and um, who's evaluating your nutrition properly so malnutrition is another one of the um, negative consequences of aging in place particularly when there is not a lot of outside support. Right, people lose the physical or the cognitive ability to cook. People lose the ability to get to the grocery store. As we agree, all this negative thing does affect our aging in place. So we were going to provide the resources and stuff that help some way these negative consequences that help you to make it positive and keep you staying at home. Like example, my colleagues say malnutrition. So there is a, a meal on a wheel that provide you nutrition food. So stuff, thing like that, we will going to give you provide some resources. And that way, you know, you keep that negative consequences and the barrier to staying at home help you to keep it up and stay you in your own home where you grown up. And one of the other um, negative consequences is something that is very, um, I, I guess I could say is something that um, is really a sore point for me with respect to people living at home having caregiver burnout and what ends up happening, someone becomes either abused physically, mentally, there's neglect, there's many other abuse situations that can occur from either caregiver burnout or sometimes deliberate situations that cause one to resent providing care, feeling trapped, feeling overwhelmed. And then oftentimes, Wendy pointed out to the cognitive aspects of um, aging in place, when one does lose um, their ability for being able to communicate well. And if you're seeing some of the early stages of dementia, you're seeing some behaviors that maybe haven't been that significant in the very beginning. 
So now you're having those situations where there's yelling and screaming and um, the person that's being cared for becomes abrasive. And then the person that's caring for the loved one uh, reacts and, all, and the reactions are not always favorable. When I was doing some research for this podcast today, everybody thinks of elder abuse. You think about long-term care facilities. But the truth is, elders are much more likely to be abused in private homes. And it's difficult because in a lot of homes, there's dysfunction and there's not a lot of oversight. So it can be scary when you are a vulnerable adult. And, you know, there's all different kinds of abuse that we see. There can be a family member or a friend or somebody who you thought was a caregiver that is um, taking advantage of you financially. We see that happen all the time. Uh, um, so this is something to think about. Who are you putting in charge of your care should you not be able to? And I think that could be a whole episode in itself. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but... Um, Neglect and abuse is a real thing, and it doesn't just happen in facilities. It happens in homes. So I think that's definitely something to think about when you're talking about aging in place. And we will be providing, um, and when we get to the topic on um, neglect and abuse, we will be delving into that topic much more, but there will be some opportunities to ask us specific questions. What is that process? What do we know that one should do, how we will follow, how you should be following up when there is any suspicion of abuse. And I feel like we've been all doom and gloom so far. Yes, but let's, let's, let's pick it up a let's bit. Let's pick it up to something that is more positive. And that is how can we help you to have you or your loved ones age in place? So let's... Uh talk about what resources are helpful for you to do loved one to age in place. Cookie said previously building modification uh, that you know you whatever change you can do on your home uh, structurally or removing uh, certain thing that is not useful anymore. We also want to build our support network. We want to get help that available for you from your family, your friend, your church or community. And you know, one person doesn't have to take care of you for whole day. Maybe two hours, your church member come and spend time with you that give you break on your isolation, that give you break your family member. If your family member taking care of you, maybe those two hours, they can go and do something personally that they would like to do. And so it is so important that you build up your support network from anywhere you can. And you know, you can divide that time throughout the day, who can come certain hours or, you know, and that will help some kind of resources for you. I've done a lot of work in Baltimore City and I find that Baltimore City for the most part has an extremely strong church networks. And I see 
those churches really looking out for the seniors in their congregations and it can be a huge support I know not everybody belongs to a church but if you do I think that is a really good place it's also hard for people to ask for help but I think thinking about this before you need the help is is a good idea you know talk to your kids about this talk to your siblings about this develop a plan for the future um, and if you're dealing with this right now that's okay too um, but I would say talk to your pastor about um, you know what resources are available and if you are a lucky person who is you know strong in mind and body and able to do a lot then maybe think about starting and helping in your church in your community because you want people to be there for you when it's your turn. That's a very good point, Wendy. And um, to also add to what's already been discussed by uh, Pinky and Wendy, when you are being released or being discharged from a particular facility, we're talking doom and gloom, but release is not something that we have to worry about. <laughs> but if you are being discharged, um, there are some services that will be able to um, be facilitated by the discharge planner or the social worker in, in the particular facility. So services such as um, skilled nursing and home health services, inclusive of a home health aide, sometimes physical and occupational therapists will follow you at home to get you um, reestablished and to help you um, return back to your um, previous level of care. Um, outside services are available like Meals on Wheels. Um, there is also the uh, private duty aids that you may put in place for um, the various fees. Fees vary. There's light housekeeping and of course as I stated skilled nursing services. Depending upon whether you are being discharged under your Medicare or medical assistance benefits we will expound on that later on in the um, podcast but what I'm trying to emphasize is that there will be services and resources available uh, to you upon your discharge from a particular nursing or rehab center. In addition to that you may have long-term care insurance that you can explore to see how your benefits will continue once you are discharged to your home. There are other kinds of state and local government resources, nonprofit agencies. Some of those we will also be listing on our website. And anything else you, um, you want I, to add, guys? I just, so in 2022, there isn't much you can't purchase. Um, so if you have resources, you can have food delivered to your house. You can have people come clean your house. You can have people come help you cook. There is so much that is available to us in this uh, new technological world. Uber and Lyft both do ride sharing programs specific for seniors. Uber delivers food and a lot of these companies are also offering discounted services for people in need. 
So I understand that not everybody has the resources to do that, but there are a lot of resources out there. Um, there's a company that, and some insurance companies are embracing this, that they'll put a blood pressure monitor, uh, a pulse ox in your home with a video monitor, and you can take your vitals every day and talk to a nurse uh, or, or talk to a physician when needed. There is so much out there, and we're going to get into all the nitty-gritty of that in later episodes, but there is so much out there, so um, I would just encourage you to explore your options. There are tons of resources out there. So, um, um, today we brought to you the topic of aging in place and why that's an important we talked about the barriers to aging in place and the potential negative consequences of aging in place. And we talked about what resources are available and helpful to you. And we're going to end. Unfortunately, I don't want you to feel as though we're ending in a negative space. But the reality is that maybe at some point you will not be able to age in place and what that means. What happens if you live in an area where all the resources we have talked about are very scarce? We are in the Baltimore metropolitan area and there are a lot of resources here, but I know there are people in very rural areas that don't have uh, many resources at their disposal. Or what happens if the resources that your community offers just isn't enough and your loved one just isn't making it and they're not safe or they're not happy? So what happens at that point? That's what we're going to cover in our next episode. Once the decision is made that you need to leave your home, what are your options? Well, sounds like to me, I think we have um, provided you with some really relevant hopefully important information as we move into our next episode as stated earlier we will list some of the resources available to you based upon our information today and um, we hope that you will tune in for our next topic we'll take a break and we'll be right back Okay, so we're back and um, we want you to be able to continue to follow our episodes and we'll finish up this afternoon by providing you with some valuable resources based upon our discussions thus far. So some of the resources that are out there, we're in Maryland, so if you go to maryland.gov, they have a lot of resources. If you call 211, you will get Health and Human Services community resources. Is that just a Maryland thing, Cookie, or is that nationwide? I believe that's nationwide. Okay, great. Uh, that will connect you to a Health and Human Service resource in your community 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in over 180 languages, which I tested today just to make sure it actually worked. And I did actually get to a human. I also discovered there's a place called agingimplace.org. And although that is a for-profit place, they list 10 resources for living independently as a senior, and the resources all look really great. It's like the National Council on Aging, 
AARP uh, programs of exclusive care for the elderly, which is called PACE. There are tons of resources, and as we go along with episodes, we can get more into the detail of them, and we're also going to put them in the show notes of our website. Thank you for listening. If you would like to leave us feedback or you have any questions, you can email us at seniors at seniorscast.com. We also have our website up at www.seniorscast.com. And that's S-E-N-I-O-R-S cast.com. And if you wouldn't mind, um, we are a new podcast and we could really use some reviews. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you wouldn't mind, please giving us a review so that others can uh, benefit from that. All right. So that's bye for now. I'm Wendy. I'm Pinky. And I'm Cookie. Goodbye. Goodbye.